Hello and welcome back to the Chewing the Plat podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Aaron. How's it going, buddy? I'm fine, mate. How are you? Yes, very good. Thanks, mate. Um, this week, you're going to be kicking us off with a topic. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I actually want to talk about something that was inspired by a segment you did a few weeks ago. You did um, a little segment about old school goalkeepers. Um, and we kind of scratched the surface about some legendary keepers that we could remember uh, seeing in the 90s era. And I remember you mentioned some shocking keepers and it reminded me of the time you'll remember when um, Peter Schmeichel left Man U um, and they went on this insane goalkeeper search. So um, I had a, a little Google at the list of keepers they had in between uh, that period where Schmeichel left and they finally found their man. Um, so I was going to talk about that, if that's all right, if you uh, remember that absolute oh, debacle. What a um, time to be alive, yeah. I'd love yeah, to hear yeah. the list of those goalkeepers. So... Um, well, after the um, the treble winning season, uh, the Big Dane decided to call time on his Man U career. And um, he went to Sporting in, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's odd is he spent two seasons in Portugal <laughs> before coming back to the Premier League where he played for Villa and then finished his career at Man City of all places. Um, so he probably could have stayed on, to be fair. But anyway, it's so weird him being going to Man City as well. It oh, just no. it seems so wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's very bizarre, but football changed after that didn't it and like you had loads of players going to rivals and stuff which was unheard of back in the day but um so um yeah Schmeichel's move saw do you remember Raymond van der Howe? um he's understudy um he was called into the start at 11 um but they also had uh, Mark Bosnich on the books as well that they'd signed for free from Villa um and I think van der Howe would have been about mid-30s at the time and Bosnich was in his late 20s um and I, I can remember, um, well, they, they just weren't on the level of Schmeichel, were they? Um, so um, due to some poor performances from both keepers, um, they went and purchased Massimo Taibi, who you mentioned uh, in your list of keepers. But they spent four million quid on Taibi. Um, Taibi and his bloody jogging bottoms as well. <laughs> um and he turned out to be utter shite, if you remember. Him and his joggers. Um, and... Um, Man United would spend a further seven million quid then on a World Cup and Champions League winning goalkeeper, uh, Fabian Bartes. Um, and I, I thought uh, Bartes was decent at first. I mean, I wasn't watching Man U every week because obviously I didn't support him. Um, and from memory, he started off really well because obviously they still won the league um, and he was still making big saves. He was quite eccentric. He'd come out, dribble past attackers, almost like a modern day keeper now playing with his feet. Um but then things started to unravel. And I don't know whether Bartes just got bored and wanted to make things difficult for himself. Um, and he started making his runs out and getting caught in possession and obviously would make mistakes and concede some avoidable goals. But the one I can really remember is when... Do you remember when um, Paolo Di Canio was played through on goal against Man U? And Bartes just stood with his arm in the air claiming for offside and he just stood there like a statue yeah and Di Canio just like strutted up and slid the ball into the net easiest goal ever for anyone um and I think that was kind of the beginning of the end for uh for Bartes's Man United career and I remember um they had Roy Carroll um as sort of backup or competition oh, for the that, number one that's squad. great from Northern Ireland yeah you can <laughs> forget him um and they also had do you remember Ricardo the Portuguese goalkeeper yes I um, do they had him on the books, but 
he barely played for the club. Um, and then um, there was at one point during this period, they, they also signed Andy Gorham on loan. It was a short-term loan. I think he was like semi-retired. Um, and uh, because I think, was it Bartes and Carroll were injured? Um, so they bought in An- Andy Gorham uh, to cover for that. Um, and then again, that was only a short-term uh, cover. Um, I, th- I believe Bartes would have been shipped off and they signed um, Tim Howard for four million quid um, as a replacement for Bartes. Um, and again, um, being due to the inconsistencies with what they expected from Tim Howard, um, Roy Carroll was called back into the starting 11 again. Um, but again, I don't think any of these keepers were just up to the standard that Man U were after. And then... In 2005, Man United would sign, eventually signed for £2 million, Edwin van der Sar from Fulham. And he'd proved to be a solid replacement for Peter Schmeichel. Um, and it only took Man United five years and around £20 million in transfer fees, plus wages and whatever else on top of that, to find their man, who at the time was a 35-year-old goalkeeper that had spent four seasons playing for Fulham in the same bloody league. And it's like, he was there all along. So, like, I always questioned, and like, we talk about managers in the league, and Ferguson's regarded as the greatest manager to ever manage in the Premier League, one of the best managers in, in world football. So was he involved in this transfer nonsense? Did he look at these goalkeepers and think, yep, he's he's my man, he's my replacement? Because that was some shocking recruitment by the club, wasn't it? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, uh, it was a strange one, really, because, yeah, after um, Schmeichel left... I was like, well, they're just, they've got the money. They're going to bring in another top class keeper. And you, you actually reminded me of the Andy Gorham stint. Completely <laughs> forgot about that. Not sure yeah, how many yeah. games he played, but I remember thinking, wow, they are desperate now that yeah. they've brought Gorham yeah. in. But um, yeah, even though uh, Van der Sar had a great career, it, it did take far too long for them to bring in a decent goalkeeper. And like you said, you expect more from Ferguson with, you know, his background in finding talent and transfer. So, yeah, surprise took so long, but they did eventually settle for a, for a decent keeper. And I can't remember how many years Van der Sar was there. Was it? Was it good? He was there for, I mean, it must have been a fair few seasons. But he, because um, he set the record, didn't he, for however many minutes without conceding a goal. Um I can't remember how it was. It was a lot. I remember because they went, they went, they had that season where they won eleven or twelve games in a row, one nil, and mm-hmm. it was, and they weren't even playing that well. And um, I think he was there for maybe five years, mate. So he played like well into the you know later parts of his career. Um, but again, with the money that they spent and the money that Man United had, I would have expected them to go and steal Shea Given from Newcastle. Or, or go abroad and get like a, a Tafarel or even like, remember Marcos, the Brazilian goalkeeper? Oh, he yeah. Like, he he's spent decent. like his whole, he's a massive bloke, spent his whole career playing in Brazil, but he won the World Cup. Um, or even like, um, do you remember Mark Poon at Derby? Oh, yeah. Great keeper. A great, great keeper. He was better than Taibi, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I imagine they would just go splash the cash and go get someone or, you know, like go find a bargain abroad and bring them up. But yeah, obviously Van der Sar worked, worked out great and was probably on par, if not better than Schmeichel, given um, the achievements he made there, setting the record for however many minutes it was without conceding the goal. It was crazy. Um, to be fair, though, he did have Vidic and Ferdinand in front of him. So um, a lot of keepers will do well with them. Um but yeah, it was just a, a crazy time and it makes me laugh as an outsider looking in. Um, but it, it was weird because, I mean, I know they still won 
They still won the league. Um, but it just they just I'm guessing they just outscored a lot of a lot of teams. Um, but I just think um when whenever I saw the the Man United starting lineup and you see that back back five, I suppose, with including Schmeichel, you just wondered how you were going to score because you obviously absolute legend of a keeper. Um, was at the top of his game for so long. And again, like I said, um, it was very odd that he went on to play for like four more years after he left United. So, um, And two of those were back in the Premier League. Um, so, so yeah, it was just a odd time, mate. Very, very confusing. I did um, think it was going to work out well with Bosnich because Bosnich had, uh, had, had played for Villa for many years. And I thought, oh, he's a... He's uh, already proven in the Premiership. Uh, he's a good keeper. And it just didn't work out. I, d- I don't even think he had a good run of games for Man U. And then it all went pear-shaped. And, yeah, what, what's what's your opinion on the the situation with Bosnich? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a strange one. We did sort of touch on Bosnich in your goalkeeper segment. And um, he was top draw for us. Um, absolutely class. But... Um, yeah, for Man United, I think um, I'm trying to work out how old he would have been. I think he'd have been like maybe 27, 28 when he joined United. So he's like prime years for a footballer, really. And goalkeepers, it's probably, <clears throat> you know, he's heading towards his prime years because goalkeepers play on a lot longer than an outfield player, don't they? Um, and um, yeah, I don't know whether it was just uh, he'd, he'd won a couple of trophies at Villa, won the League Cup twice. Um, you know, played in Europe, um, done quite well for himself, was playing for his national team as well. Um, but then maybe, I don't know, maybe got a big money move, maybe got a bit distracted because he did um, go off the rails a little bit in, in terms of what we saw in the media with Bosnich. He enjoyed it. He was just living his best life, wasn't he? Having a, having a party and uh, going out quite a lot because he got a move to Chelsea as well. And he did show some form at Chelsea for a little bit. But again, it wasn't consistent enough for a, a top level club um to keep him keep him in the in goal for a season so it's a strange one mate i don't know it's one of those questions we'll probably never know the answer to but um yeah it's a bit of a strange one the same way we'll never know if alex ferguson had anything to do with these goalkeepers that they signed because some of them were absolutely shocking especially Taibi. and we'll yeah. never know if mark poom would have wanted a move to man u this is true <laughs> that's very true mate yeah <laughs> I was just thinking of like great keepers that were around at that time. Uh, and there was there was plenty to choose from, mate. And if you think that they blew away 20 million, uh, roughly 20 million pound in transfer fees, they probably could have got any keeper they wanted, really, um, assuming they would have wanted to move. But then Man United were coming on off the back of a treble win. We're constantly in the Champions League. Who wouldn't want to play for Man United? So, um, yeah, maybe a Buffon, you know, who would love probably just to have stayed in Italy. Uh, the whole time or some of those players that are playing for that for a top top team already but yeah it was just very very bizarre but yeah so yeah it just um takes me back to that period um it's funny seeing man united be so consistent and then just that time have that those wobbles because obviously arsenal won the league a few times in that period chelsea were on top for two of those years as well with under jose Mourinho. um so, yeah, it was just a, an odd time. I'm not saying it was just because they didn't have a goalkeeper, that they didn't win all those leagues or anything. Um, but it certainly doesn't help, does it, when you're chopping and changing and just haven't got the quality in goal. It does make a huge difference to your season. I always yeah. do think for going to get a keeper from abroad as well, I don't know if this is just my mindset, but 
finding a keeper from abroad, they never really seem to settle in as quickly as finding a keeper that's already played in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, so I do think maybe, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out with Bosnich, but maybe they could have gone for a, a Poom or, or someone that had the Premier League experience who was, who was ready instead of bringing in someone like Bartes who maybe had to adapt to the game a bit more, but I know it's a, probably a bit more easier for a goalkeeper, but it just, it just didn't seem to work out for him or to or, um, yeah, some of the others that they brought Andy in. Gorham. Yeah. Uh, Andy Gorham, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they, they could have just signed Van der Sar earlier from exactly. Fulham, gave them yeah. a bit more money, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I was, when I was, um, looking into this, just seeing who the keepers they had, I had a little look after Bosnich left Villa, who we had. And we did all right replacing Bosnich. Now we had, um, obviously we got Schmeichel for a year. We had David James for a couple of seasons. Um, we had Thomas Sorensen, who was pretty solid um, around that time. We had big Brad Friedel um, in that time as well, who Brad Friedel was so consistent for us. So, so good. Um, so it's like these keepers were out there. We managed to find some. So, yeah, just yeah, very, very strange. But hey-ho. Yeah. Anyway, mate. Yeah, that's the end of my little my little rant about <laughs> that, that period um, as amusing as it is for a non-fan. It's still, I still find it bizarre that they couldn't find a keeper. It took them five years uh, to find a solid, consistent keeper. Well, uh, that was a lovely chat anyway. Yeah, yeah, Going yeah. back to the man, you goalkeeper search. I'm sure we don't spend enough time just talking about it in general. So it was good just to go over that again and, yeah. and really appreciate their struggles. Um, Cause they were such <laughs> a, they were such a great team, weren't they? In the nineties yeah. and nineties. It's good that, you know, something failed for, for Man U. So, yeah. I am, um, I have prepared a little goalkeeper quiz for you. Oh, hello. If you fancy testing your knowledge, mate. I would um, love to. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's only short, mate. It's just a little fun fun quiz. But, yeah, the theme is goalkeepers, loosely. Okay. So, okay. Some of the I'll questions are a bit are a bit ropey. So, first <laughs> question should be nice and easy. Yeah. Um, who won the first ever Golden Glove in the Premier League? Who won the first ever Golden Glove in the mm. Premier League? I, I I want to go obvious and go Peter Schmeichel um, because they won the, the Premier League. But I'm thinking it probably is going to be someone else. But... Do you want a clue? Um, uh, is it Peter Schmeichel? No, 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 no. <laughs> the Golden Glove wasn't brought in until way after the Premier League started. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, mate, yeah. Oh, okay. Not Peter Schmeichel then. No. Not Massimo Tahibi. Um... Uh, oh, he was he was in the running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wouldn't have been Peter Czech, would it? Oh, hey, well, was it really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah. late? Yeah, mate. He got he had twenty four clean sheets. Absolutely insane. And yeah. what season was that? Uh, two thousand when he first joined Chelsea. Was it two thousand four? Yeah, yeah, that's when the golden glove was first introduced. Yeah, oh wow, okay, yeah, it's Do I get that or... I'll give you that, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah. thank yeah. you. You're too kind. It's, it's good seeing keepers get some recognition, though, isn't it? It's all about golden, golden boots yeah. and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, question two, all right, now hear me out. Vinnie Jones starred in the 2001 movie Mean Machine, but which actor played Monk, the unhinged psychopathic goalkeeper? Wasn't it Jason Statham? Correct. Well oh, done, mate. I've seen that <laughs> film probably about half a dozen times. So, um... <laughs> yeah. See, so, mate, goalkeeper related. Keeping, exactly. it, keeping it in the theme. Uh, right. Question three Which goalkeeper conceded the first ever Premier League goal? 
Oh, okay. I am gonna go. This is this is a real shot in the dark, but I'm gonna go for Brian Gunn of Norwich. Uh, no, mate. It was the legend that is Peter Schmeichel. Really? Yeah, I remember oh, Brian right. Dean got the first goal. Um, yeah. it, it was a header past Schmeichel. Now, I I rewatched this oh. goal. It's on YouTube, and it is some shocking goalkeeping. Um, it's like a throw in. Um, and it gets sort of nodded on and Schmeichel comes for the throw in and then changes his mind and he's backpedaling and it just goes over Schmeichel and then Brian Dean blasts in for a header. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, crazy. But uh, yeah, I love that stat because everyone talks about obviously how amazing he was, but he did concede the first ever Premier League goal. Oh, well, that and, is a fact and a half. That's yeah, that's that's one yeah. to use in another quiz. Yeah, um, this next one's a bit trickier, but which goalkeeper holds the record for the most international caps? Um, which uh, in the in the world? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, international football. Who's got the most caps? So for their for their country, who's basically made the most appearances for their country? Am I going to know this player? It's not like a goalkeeper from like Iran or something. No, it made the podcast is nineties and noughties. <laughs> it's all in keeping. <laughs> Good. Um, it wouldn't be, this is kind of going over a few different decades, but he did play in the 90s. Is it Peter Shilton? No, mate, no. Uh, he uh, Was it 120 caps you got for yeah. him? Uh, no, mate, it was uh, Gianluigi Buffon, 176 caps. Wow, he played that many games? Yes, mate, Mr. Consistent, wasn't oh, he? Oh, wow, okay. I feel yeah. silly now, that's such an obvious answer. <laughs> Yeah, um, especially as how successful Italy were. Even if yeah. they didn't win every tournament, they always did well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and then the last one is a career path question. So I have played for Bronby, Galatasaray, Columbus Crew, Liverpool, Blackburn Rovers, Aston Villa, Tottenham Hotspur. Brad Friedel. Get in. I love big Brad Friedel. There we go. Yeah. Lovely yeah. question to finish us off. Yeah. What, what did I get? Three out of five? Uh, you, yes. I oh, don't know. No, you, um, you got, hang on, let's have a little look. One. Yep. Yeah, three out of five, mate. Well done. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. that. Yeah. I thought you got the Schmeichel question right, uh, right but you, um, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. You did, you did not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. Well, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good little chat about, uh, you know, goalkeepers in, in, you know, Man United goalkeepers and also the goalkeeper quiz. So thanks for that, Aaron. Uh, should we take a little break and then, um, yeah, we can continue our conversation about another matter. Yes, mate. I'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And welcome back to the Chewing the Plat podcast. Um, part two, Aaron. We are going to talk about another subject, which is very close to my heart. And that is sexy footballers. <laughs> this topic is well overdue, in my opinion. Um, so I really wanted to kick this topic off because I've recently watched the the Beckham documentary on Netflix. And it just reminded me of how sexy he was. And then it got me thinking, wow, there, there are a lot of sexy footballers in the 90s and noughties. So um, there's just first a few I want to list off and get your opinion, Aaron, if you think they're they're sexy or not um, so to start off Aaron I'm going to list yeah. a few of these sexy footballers and to see if you think they're sexy or not so um first of all we're going to start off with the original sex god um David Beckham uh absolute hunk wasn't he absolute uh, hunk I, I do think Victoria Beckham helped him get sexier but 
he was just the hunkiest of hunks in the 90s. What, what's your opinion on that, Aaron? Um, I agree, mate. I um, It doesn't matter your sexual preference. Um, anyone with eyes could see what a beautiful man he, he was and still is. Um, he, um, yeah, it was ridiculous. All the women wanted to be with him. All the men wanted to be him, didn't they? Like, you had so many, even we probably did without realising, copying his style, copying the hair buying the boots, whatever it was. Um, I, thought, I did. I never used Brill Cream, mind. I thought it was greasy and horrible. It was um, greasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because I, I watched the Beckham documentary the other day. I've sort of blasted through it. Um, uh, which was your favourite Beckham hairstyle? For him, not for you, obviously, but for him. I didn't like the, I didn't like the mohawk at all. No, um, didn't like when he went to Spain either. And he, like the day he moved to Madrid, he like had that ponytail. And I was yeah. like, I didn't like that. Um, maybe, maybe even the original curtains before yeah. he got with, um, he got with Victoria Beckham. So that'd be my fave. Yeah. I, know, I know you've got one, Aaron. I do, mate. I do. Um, well, uh, I mean, you mentioned the curtains. There was like the curtains evolved. And they had, remember, he had blonde bits in them um, and they were proper floppy and he was always moving out of it. Before he crossed the ball, it was like he would fix his hair before he crossed it into the box. Um, and um, skinhead backs for me. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That oh, clean cool. cut. Uh, he was on all the magazines when he had his skinhead. But it was later on. He just had like a nice quiff, um, you know, proper good head of hair. It probably maybe 2004, 2006 era. So when he got rid of the... Um, the sort of blonde Alice band locks where he, mm-hmm. he basically went to Madrid and wanted to look like Salgado, didn't he? It looked like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, I get it. I mean, a lot of the football, I mean, didn't Jonathan Woodgate do that as well? Grow his hair long. Um, when he went to Madrid, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what everyone does. Don't they? They're just yeah. like, Oh, you know, yeah. move to a, a different country, Mediterranean yeah. long hair. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But um, but yeah, so uh, I'd probably choose either the skinhead or or the quiff. But you're right, the he had cornrows, didn't he? As well, that was shocking. Um, but he pulled it off. I mean, if if you had cornrows, mate, uh... <laughs> I, I definitely could. I don't have the hair for it. I haven't got enough hair for cornrows. No, um, no, not me. Not at this I'm, age now. I'm gonna trump David Beckham and go for Mr. L'Oreal, David Ginola. I know <sighs> my mum absolutely mm. loved him. Fancied the pants off him. But again, another hunk. I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me. Probably yes, hunkier than, than David Beckham. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that oh. far. I mean, we had him at Villa for a bit towards the end of his career. Um, but yeah, he was in all the adverts, wasn't he? Um, I didn't really get it personally. Mm-hmm. He wasn't my type, mate, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, but a, a lot of women loved that man. I think maybe it was the French accent. He was tall. He had, obviously had good, great hair. Um, but he wasn't really my cup of tea. So he yeah. pop his shirt at Villa as well when he scored one of his first goals. Yeah, John John overweight. Gregory accused him of being unfit um, and overweight, and then he scored and took his shirt off and flashed the flashed the muscles and stuff. But I don't think he was unfit. He was just lazy towards mm-hmm. the end of his career. He just I remember seeing him. He got sent off. It was um, I remember watching the game. Might have been against Leicester from memory. And he got sent off and just walked off. And he, that game, he spent the whole game just trying to do back heels and flicks and stuff. And it's like, we're trying to win a game of football here. Uh, and you're too, he was like a bit, bit of a, what they call a show pony at that particular point of his career. 
a beautiful um, show pony. Oh, a very handsome show show pony. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he's definitely he was definitely a pinup um of the nineties and noughties. What was the advert he was in again? Oh, it was the uh, L'Oreal shampoo advert. Uh yeah, because I'm worth it. I remember now. Yeah, nice. So we're going to stay in France for the next one, Aaron, and it's um my man, Mister Vavavoom Thierry Henry. Oh yes. Um, again, though, um, I don't. Not think your type. Was... No, 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 no. Oh, Henri was everybody's type, wasn't he? Um, but I think um, he got sexier as he got older, didn't he? Because um, he had. There's there various clips of him at Monaco when he's got like the bum fluff moustache, and his hairs are not really in any particular style. It's just there. Um, but then prime Henri at Arsenal with the shaved head. Um, and yeah, he, he just had the swagger and charisma, didn't he, uh, to go with it? Um, and also, what a player! Sorry, but yeah, sexy football, sexy man. Talking about what a player, but not as good as Henri. We're going to stay uh, in the Premier League though, and we're going to go for Mister Jamie Redknapp. Oh, I was waiting for you to mention him. Married the lovely Louise Redknapp from Eternal. Doesn't look anything like his dad. Fortunately, um, no. so yeah, talk to me about Jamie Redknapp. I would argue he's not as cool as his dad, though. Um, oh, yeah, you know, sure, yeah. Harry Redknapp's an absolute legend. I can't imagine anyone saying a bad word against him, you know. Um, but, um, but no, Jamie Redknapp was he was like because he was obviously of a similar era to Beckham, uh, and it was like Beckham married Posh Spice, he then married Louise, and it was, and obviously they played for rival clubs as well. But I don't recall there any being any direct rivalry between them. You know, even the media trying to hype anything up. Um, and maybe it's because um, Manu were super successful. Um, and I think the Spice Girls trump eternal in terms of global mm-hmm. success as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's a very, very good looking man. Still is. It was in his still 50s is. now, isn't he? Still, still in very, very good shape as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, you're definitely right. He was a pinup. And, and and a very good footballer when he was fit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And um, finally, we're going to fly all over the way to Italy now. And we're going to land in um, Milan. And we're going to say hello to Mr. Maldini. Oof, what a handsome man. Yes. What a handsome man. What a player as well. Yes, I think um, um, he's more obviously well-known for being one of the best defenders, if not the best defender of the 90s and beyond. Um, but yeah, extremely handsome. Um, I don't think he even tried, though. He was just he just woke up and looked like that, didn't he? It was Very well chiselled, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just that that olive skin, dark features. You know, every, every woman's dream, isn't it? Tall, dark and handsome. So, um, yeah. That's what they say. Um, so, <laughs> that's what you say. Okay. <laughs> that's what I say. Um, so I've named a few there. Have, have I missed any any that you can think of, Aaron, off the top of your head? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's from the same era, but Olivier Giroud, um, a little bit later on, was definitely... Yeah, he played in later. France in the... the Early like, 2000s? 40s. Yeah. 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 Um, I think there's even a video. It's like... Um, I don't know what campaign it was for. And I can just remember him saying in the video for it, like a ad campaign thing, I can't help that I'm gorgeous. And obviously it's tongue in cheek, but it's like, yeah, fair play, Giroud. Yeah, you, yeah. Are, you are a handsome well, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if we go even before the 90s, the original pinup for me in terms of the press, the attention and stuff, then Georgie Best, mate. 
Um, I know I never got to see George Best play because it was before before my time. Um, but whenever my dad talks with Georgie Best, again, very similar to Beckham. Different kind of look, very mm-hmm. hairy. Um, but like, again, again yeah. what a footballer, an absolute baller. But again, off the pitch as well. Uh, handsome, charismatic. And as much as I know he had his troubles, he seemed to have a great time as well. Um, women, you know, beer and uh, and parties, you know, that's uh, every young man's dream. Indeed. And just one question for me, Aaron. Mm. Do you think that footballers have got uglier since the 90s and noughties? Or do you think they're, <laughs> they've got a bit better and they've started grooming themselves um, a bit more? Um, I mean... I was going to mention, and, and again, it, it's the same era, but Freddie Lundberg was a bit of a pinup mm, for a yeah. time. Uh, but again, he, you know, with the buzz cut and stuff, it was like it wasn't as good as Bex, was it? Um, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of the recent football. Actually, now mainly because he plays for my club, but I want you to Google Alex Moreno, the Spanish left back, right? But be careful because you will get lost in his eyes. Oh God. Yeah. Alex Moreno. Yeah. Have a little Google now, mate. Don't worry, we'll wait. Good. It yeah. is worth it is worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, honestly, you get lost in his eyes. There's some he's an attractive man. But there's some other good looking boys around as well, I think. Um they're not on the same level as Bex um or uh as Janola. Um but again, worth a mention. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah, that, a... that says it all, mate. But oh, says it all. See his eyes, mate. You get lost in them for days. I was going to say as well, Arteta as well. He is, for you know, he's. He, I know he's still a young manager, but he's in his early forties. Great head yeah. of hair, amazing head of. <laughs> the, the Spanish yeah. are known for their good head of hairs, and yeah, just they they just look after themselves. It must be the sun and you know the Mediterranean diet, but um, yeah, I think that. If, in my opinion, 90s footballers were just way more sexier. But, you know, I would, each to their I would own. Give a special mention. I w- would give a special mention, actually, because when he first came along, the media, and I've heard a lot of people say it, but Jose Mourinho, when he first came to Chelsea, um, everyone would talk about how handsome mm. he was. Uh, I know he obviously wasn't a player at the time. Um, and um, Fernando Torres, post-retirement, when he got absolutely stacked, Oh, yes. <laughs> you see yeah. him, he's massive. <laughs> um, again, he was obviously from a what noughties era, wasn't he? And mm-hmm. on, onwards, so um, but yeah, I, I would give a little shout out to Jose as well. Oh, he deserves it indeed. Mm-hmm. So, to finish this segment off, Aaron, I thought it'd be good to uh ask you to pick a five aside team of sexy footballers from the 90s and noughties era. And I'm going to give you a formation just to help you out as well. So I want you to start with a keeper. Yeah. Then we're going to have one um, single defender, then two midfielders, and then a, a forward or a striker. So um, go for it. I'll be interested to hear who you pick. There's a lot to choose from. So yeah. uh, Have you chosen a team already? We're going to compare no. them after. No, I, ha- no, I haven't. Okay. I, I'm okay. leaving this completely up to you because you have a better <laughs> taste than me. A part of me wants to pick a team that will win. Um, okay, <laughs> who's going to win at the five aside? Um, but I think when you mention goalkeepers, now there probably isn't a big pool of talent to choose from, <laughs> from an aesthetics point of view. But the first goalkeeper that came to mind is um, David James. 
Oh yes, yeah. yeah. He was a model he, as well, wasn't he? He like was a model. Movie. He was Mr. Armani. Do you remember yeah. the Liverpool suits? Oh, um, mid nineties. Yeah. Um, that I think I'm pretty sure that was him that arranged all that. They were I Armani think he suits. Was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, tall, chiselled, very handsome man. Um, so and decent goalkeeper as well when he wasn't up up late playing video games. Um, <laughs> um my defender. Now I'm not sure if he qualifies as 90s but he definitely would be noughties and that would be Sergio Ramos uh yes yes yeah. definitely noughties 100% mainly because handsome man but also yeah. in five aside and in 11 side as well but he'd be an absolute baller at the back I reckon um I think you've done well here you've picked a decent keeper and a mm. world-class uh defender so you're picking beauty and skill so yeah. I'm impressed with your choices so far Aaron Right, my midfield, so I've got two midfielders, yeah? Yeah. Right, that's going to be easy, I think. We've already mentioned them. Um, but I'm going to go for Beckham, obviously. Got to. Um, and I'm going to go Jamie Redknapp, mate. A fit, playing, like, no injuries, no bad knees, no bad legs, whatever. Um, Jamie Redknapp. Um, and I think that's quite a nice, that's quite a decent midfield, to be yep. fair. Yeah. Um, and then up front, I immediately was thinking, oh, got to be Henri. But I, we haven't mentioned this footballer. Not uh, right, is it? Uh, <laughs> almost, no. Um, and we, we haven't mentioned him as being a sexy bastard. But I'm going to go up front, leading the line, is Francesco Totti. Oh, yes. Yes. Hey, now, I, I, I honestly think this team has got class, skill, goals. I mean... Totti, Totti, people don't realise how many goals Totti scored in his career. And he wasn't even a main striker. He was an attacking midfielder or played behind the striker, didn't he, mm-hmm. really? Or just off the striker. Um, and then I think with the service of Beckham and uh, and Jamie Redknapp, and then and Ramos is capable of some assists and goals as well. Um, so in my humble opinion, I could I haven't really researched this. So you could have given me a heads up, mate. I could have come up with something <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, sorry about um, that. But in my humble in my humble opinion, this five aside team's probably going to win some some of the you know what, what's it called the old TV program when they do the old uh, legends is it called legends or something yeah, it was um yeah it's like legends football isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They would be I'm great. sure they were, I'm sure they were bringing it back because I love that when you get to see like someone who's just retired I'm sure I saw one a few years ago and Joe Cole was playing for like the England team. And he just retired from football, and I think he finished the tournament top goal scorer. And he was unplayable, mate. It was it was great to see that nostalgia because Michael Owen was playing as well, but he put on a bit of timber, and he wasn't as quick as he used to be. Um, Maybe we but, can yeah. do an episode yeah. about legends football because I'd love to to go yes. over that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if it is still going on now, but I remember it used to be quite big, and it was so entertaining to watch because yeah. you could really tell the difference between the players that just retired versus the ones that maybe retired three or four years ago and put a bit of timber on and yeah just, yeah but um, I, I love seeing that as well because it shows they're only human you know exactly yeah. players just like us <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's probably a good shout actually because there's those legends games um there was the celebrity soccer sixes um that used to go on back in the day Obviously, you've got Soccer Aid now is the big one. Um, and then do you remember the Pepsi World Challenge? I think it was called. And it was like the footballers that were associated with Pepsi would go oh, to like yeah. a tournament. And I'm sure Beckham was there. Dwight York was there. 
there would have been obviously loads of players because uh, Pepsi was massive, what well, still is massive, but they sponsored a lot of footballers and did all the adverts and stuff. I'm sure there must be footage on YouTube that we could have a little look at and do a little watch along or uh, talk about because I remember watching those and just being in awe. Um, there was a few other programs like that, like Michael, o Michael Owen's Soccer Skills, and um wayne rooney street striker well yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> there's well, all these loads of programs like that i absolutely love it um yeah, we should definitely we should definitely have a little chat about that in one of our upcoming podcasts that'd be really good to get under the bonnet on that subject um just to finish off with the sexy footballers hmm. segment i'm gonna ask you one like last question before we wrap up so you've picked this sexy five-a-side team um to top that all off, who would be your sexy team manager? Um, oh, mate, there's only one for me. Uh, might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm going to go for Jose Mourinho, mate, especially in his prime. What an absolute beaut. What a choice. What a choice. Lovely, Aaron. You, I don't think I could better that team. So, um, yeah, well done. Um no, that, that's it really for sexy footballers. I know it's not the you know usual chat about technical play and different players from that era um, and talking about how great they were, but it was a nice nice change, wasn't it, really? So um, I think it's good to keep it lighthearted sometimes, mate. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was quite funny. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, um, that's it for this week. Um, thanks for joining, Aaron. It's been a good chat as always. And um, so that's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from me. Ciao for now.